0: As I look over the, uh, as I think back over the years, I've seen God work in some pretty amazing ways in transforming people's lives. There's one, one stands out to me um, that was a radical transformation instantaneously. Um, Long story, but years ago when I was going to university in the Philippines, a friend of mine, um, I was doing a Bible study in one of the dorms. And um, I had just come out of the guy's room, was walking down the hallway. Um, it was kind of dimly lit because some of the bulbs had been broken out. It was kind of not the safest dorm in the campus to walk down. But it was the middle of the, middle of the morning or afternoon, middle of the morning, I think. And so I was walking down and this big Filipino starts walking tomor- towards me. Now, Filipinos aren't known to be big, but this guy was bigger than me by quite a bit. And... Um, I was nervous, and I kind of knew who this individual was. I'd heard some stories about him, and, uh, it, you know, and so I was, I was nervous, and he stops me in the middle of the hallway, and he asks me if I was the guy that taught the Bible studies, and I kind of gulped to myself, and I thought, okay, Jesus, now what? And uh, he paused, he stumbled, and he said, um, any chance I could join one? Well, I just about hit the floor, not because he hit me, be, because that wasn't the, 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 response I, or the response I was expecting from him. Needless to say, um, I had just started a study with a guy, like I said, down the hallway, and said to this guy, I said, hey, how about it, before we start a Bible study, let me, let, me inter- let, me, let me meet with you and just chat with you a little bit. So I had an opportunity to meet with him, share Jesus with him that afternoon at the other end of the campus, um, and uh, share Jesus with him, and he responded by surrendering his life to Jesus. The moment he did that, there was literally a physical transformation in his life. It was like, even though he was such a big guy, his shoulders were slumped, but all of a sudden, it's like he had new life. And he literally just raised up. His eyes changed. So much, so much changed in his life that physically, I thought this was like I was sitting next to a different guy. I walked with him back across the campus to the dorm um, where he was at. And, and as we were walking, I, I thought, man, this guy looks like he's walking on air the way he was walking across there. And I said, we've got to tell some of, you, some of these other guys, that mutual friends that we knew that were Christians. I said, you've got to tell them what, you, what Jesus did for you. And so he did. There was a physical, almost a literal physical change in his life. I met him here a few years ago when, we went, when I was back there in the Philippines. And I had, I had, we had, um, I think, brunch or breakfast with him and his wife. And uh, just, um, just amazing work of God in his life over the years. Let me tell you another story, a different type of transformation. This is, has to do with Vange, and I already asked her if I could share this, and it's, it's, it's okay, she said yes. So anyways, she received Jesus as a, early as a child in her life, but she really struggled whether or not she knew that she was a Christian. And she wondered often, did I, did I, did I really pray? Do I need to pray again? Maybe, I, maybe I'm not saved. Maybe I'm not going to go to heaven. Maybe I'm going to end up going to hell. And she had many questions in her mind. And so she asked me a few times early in our marriage, and she asked me, she says, well, I, I just don't know. And I, I would share a passage of Scripture with her or whatever. But finally, one day, Jesus met her in a very real way and removed all doubt from her mind that she was a follower of Jesus. Just, just erased it from her mind. And, and since then, God has just continued to do amazing things in her life. But, but it took God himself. It, I couldn't convince her. I tried. Didn't work. I couldn't convince her. Even as a pastor, I couldn't convince her. And as I look at my own life, not only not only I had seen changes in other people's lives, but as I as I reflected this last week about the changes that God has brought in my life in so many different ways. Ways that He has changed me in helping me deal with um, things like insecurity and fear and isolation and anger and lust and greed and pride and control and identity all just to name a few of the changes that jesus has brought about in my life and is still changing in me because jesus does have the power to ability to change us through the work of his spirit in our lives that's the good news jesus changes lives but the question often is is do we really believe that and what does that mean for us in our in in, in our daily living? I invite you to turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we're going to look, there, Paul here has a bit of a, 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 kind of an interlude between some stuff here, kind of in the middle, he transitions from what we talked about last week, which was some of the, some of the, the, the seriousness of hell, and the, the, the what's to come, all this, the circumstances are what of, of ye, that which is to come, and so on, but he's transitioning towards the end of his message, and so he has this little passage in between, verses 1 to 5, and we're going to look at some of that. So Paul says in verse 1 of chapter 3, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, he says, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. Now it seems kind of an innocent question, but when you think, but when you look at the history of what went on in the Thessalonian church, it's pretty amazing. In Acts chapter 7, we see that that's where Paul was ministering to the Thessalonians. Uh, Thessalon- Thessalonica was a city on the a- on the north coast of the Aegean Sea, or on the the north side of the Aegean Sea, part of part of Greece, the Mediterranean Sea, and and Paul had spent about three weeks there in that in that community, in that town, and he sh- he was sharing, he was preaching, but some of the Jewish people didn't like Paul. And so they, 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 they rounded up some hoodlums, some, some, they went down to the, the, the bad part of the city and they got some guys together, some bad characters it says, and, and they, they stirred up trouble against Paul, but the problem was they couldn't find him because Paul heard what was going on and they, he was kind of, nobody would let him out of, out of the way and so some of the other guys, his host Jason and some other believers were arrested, taken to court and had to pay a bond on behalf of Paul. And you're thinking, well, now you've got to remember, Paul had only been in this town three weeks. And these people who had decided to follow Jesus were willing to put their life on the line for a guy they'd only known three weeks. Think about that. That's a pretty significant change. They believed the truth of what Paul taught to that extent that they were willing to, to sacrifice themselves for the sake of a guy they had only known a short period of time. So when Paul says in verse 1, hey, the message that was honored in you, that, you know, the, 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 the transformation that took place in your life, the message of Jesus has spread rapidly in your heart and life, Pray that that will will be expounded. And that was what he was challenging them to do. You've seen the change that happened in your life. You need to pray that God would do that for others. This wasn't just information that Paul was sharing. There was something that literally transformed them. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, when he's writing to the Corinthian church, in chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, I love these verses because these are some of my favorite verses that I've had. I think I've shared them before with you. And, but anyways, it says my, Paul says here, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. In other words, Paul says, he's, I don't have a, I, it's not because I have a doctorate or a master's or I'm fully educated. It's not what I say that's important. It's not, you know, the words, I, I, I'm not coming to you with, to persuade you. But he says, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. You see, that's what was the diff- that was what the changing factor in those three stories I told at the beginning of my message today. Both in my friend Nero, and in Vange, and in me, and in so many others. It's not the words; it's the power and the presence of Jesus in us that changes us. Yes, the words have to be shared. Somebody has to speak them. Somebody has to tell them. But at the same time, it's the but. At, but at the same time, that's not really what brings about the change. It's what the fact that we believe that and allow that to rest in our hearts and to bring about radical transformation in us. We allow Jesus to radically transform us. Our world has got a lot of noise around us. There's a lot of things that will grab our attention. There's all kinds of shiny things out there. There's things that, um, you know, all these kinds of things that will distract us from really understanding the power of what Jesus wants to do in our lives and what he did in the Thessalonians. But we have to be willing to call, to lay those aside and say, Jesus, I want the full transformation of you in me. Jesus, move, change me. Bring that radical transformation on the inner core of my life. Because the gospel is more than just words. It's more than just a message. There is power to bring hope and change to this world. And that's what Paul was asking the Thessalonians to pray for. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says this, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile." There is something mystical, supernatural that is at work when God begins to move in people's lives that is not just about the words and the message that's being shared. Because, I mean, if that was the case, then every baseball game where somebody holds up a sign that says John 3.16 on it with the whole verse out there, everybody would be transformed. But it doesn't happen that way. It's only when God takes the words and applies them into the heart of an individual. So Paul challenges us to pray. Pray that the message would have power and would have impact in our world. Second thing Paul talks about is in verse 2. It's a a request, another request, but this time it's for himself. He says, And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. Now Paul, you remember, Paul wrote this from Corinth. And he knew how things... and, And he knew how... And he knew that the Thessalonians knew what was going on in Corinth because he'd shared that with them. But he also knew that the Thessalonians knew what kind of a community they lived in. Because you see in Acts chapter 18... Remember Acts 17 was where Paul went into, into Thessalonica and he kind of got run out of town and Jason and those guys, his friends, wouldn't let him get arrested so they, they hid him away, kept him from coming forward and then they sent him on to Berea, a, a community about 70 kilometers down the road. And so he in Acts chapter 18, Paul's in Berea. And it says there um, that a group of people uh, of Jews united to attack Paul and uh, on, based on his views, and they went down the road. They traveled seventy kilometers to fight him. That's unbelievable. And remember, they didn't have cars, as like driving seventy kilometers. That's not even. That's not very far for us. We drive seventy kilometers. Some t- probably. Across the city or whatever, you know, from here to wherever. It doesn't take us that far or long to drive 70 kilometers. But remember, in those days, they had to walk or best they could ride a horse. But there were Jews that had no faith in Jesus and they literally were opposed to Paul so much so that they left their community, traveled to another community, and opposed him. That's the kind of community that Thessalonica was, that these believers were in. So when Paul said to to those believers in Thessalonica, pray for me and the persecution that I'm facing because we see that he did face opposition in the book of Acts, in the city of Corinth as well, then there's significance to that. They knew what Paul was going through. But then Paul, he transitions into verses 3 to 5, and he says this, he says this, not everyone has faith, he said that in verse verse, uh, 2, but then he says this in verse 3, but the Lord is faithful. It's almost contrasting. In, in the Greek, the word f- not everyone has faith appears at the end of the sentence. And in the, in the verse 3, it, so God is faithful appears at the beginning of the sentence. In other words, he's making a connection between the two. Not everybody's faithful there, but God is faithful here. And he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command you. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's presence. God is faithful. He wanted them to know that. Some people aren't, but God is. God sometimes doesn't make it easy for us to walk with Him by removing all the difficult circumstances and making our, our way as smooth as what you know, as, as, as possible, he does bring challenges in us because, that's a, because we are called to walk by faith. We are called to obey, he says here. That we are to continue in the ways, the things that he has commanded us to do. And that takes faith, that takes perseverance, and we've talked about that previously. But in the midst of that, to the perseverance God calls us to, he reminds us also that Christ does persevere and he is faithful to us. He is there for us. He will never let us down. He will not harm us. He will not give up on us. He will not forsake us. He, will, he, he knows what we're going through. He knows our thoughts before we think them. He reaches out and touches us in so many ways that there's no, no way that we cannot miss him if we seek him. It's easy when life gets tough not to see God. It's easy to fall into discouragement and depression and all that kind of stuff. But Paul reminded them, God is faithful. And we have to remind each other of that, that God is faithful. Paul reminded the Thessalonians that God is faithful, that they could have confidence in him. But it's easy to forget. It's easy to get that heaviness that comes upon us and we're just going, oh. And oftentimes when that happens, what do we do? We look for something tangible that will fix it for us, right? We look for maybe, you know, another person to give us a hug or maybe we go, I'm going to go shopping. That'll lift my spirits up. I'll go for a shopping spree. Or, you know, we'll we'll spend money on a a lottery ticket and hopefully I'll get a million dollars because that will really lift my spirits. Or, you know whatever. There's all kinds of things. We look for some, or we drink, or go to drugs, or we look for some kind of a tangible fix for that heaviness that is upon us. Yet God says, remember, He is faithful. You have to seek Me. Don't seek Me to give you what you want. Just seek Me to seek Me, so that I may give you what you need. That's what God wants us to do. So there's kind of three questions I want to close today with. First one is um, are you praying that the people around you would come to know Jesus? Are you praying that the gospel would be proclaimed? The good news of Jesus, that the power of the gospel, people would discover what God is doing and how God is moving in people's lives. Because there is power in the gospel. There is significance there there is God is changing people who are seeking Him, but are we are we willing to pray that and ask people that? because their eternities are at stake. If we really love people, do we pray for them to know Jesus and the power and the hope and the peace that Jesus can offer them. Matthew chapter 9, Um, Jesus was with a bunch of people, and and, and he makes this statement. He says this, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He loved them because they were harassed and helpless. Kind of sounds like the Thessalonians, kind of sounds like Paul. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. And so we need to be praying that the message and the power of the good news of Jesus Christ would not only be proclaimed in our world. So we need to be praying for those who share Jesus. Pray for me. Pray for leaders of our church. Pray for your friends who are seeking to share Jesus. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for yourself that you might be obedient and that God might use you to share the good news of Jesus with others. Pray for your neighbors and your coworkers and your family and your friends. This good, this news that we have of the power of Jesus is too good to keep to ourselves. We need to be sharing it. But sometimes it's not easy. And sometimes people don't want to hear it. And that's okay. God never tells us to force it down to anybody, but just to ask for opportunity to speak. I was asking God about that, and God gave me an opportunity to speak to one of my neighbors. Don't know where it's going to go, but I got an opportunity to share with him and talk to him about Jesus. Second question is this. Are you praying for those people who are facing persecution, who are facing difficult times? There's many people around the world, many believers, who are facing incredible opposition. And we think our life is tough here in Canada. There There are people around the world that are facing incredible opposition for their faith. We have friends in India, um, friends where Vange had, had worked in an orphanage. Um, a, a, a man who's of Indian descent, he's not a, not a foreigner, he, he was born and raised in India, who runs an orphanage. And this last, a couple of months back, maybe six months ago or so, um, this orphanage that he, was ru- he, he runs, there was a crowd of people that gathered around it. A mob and they were yelling and screaming at him and threatening the children because they were Christian we visited China and have seen people who have been threatened met people there who've been threatened by their faith I have friends in Jordan a pastor who's often looked down upon and his life is very difficult because he is a pastor there are many people in our world that face Christians, believers that face persecution, like Paul. And so we have, we have, we have friends um, in, in, in Jordan, a pastor who's had huge challenges. And there's people all over the world who are facing persecution because of their faith. We have international workers or missionaries that are serving in various parts of the world in limited access countries. They're there because they are seeking to share the faith of Jesus with those people that are there and God is moving, and God is moving, and we need to be praying for those. Even in Canada, we will not soon, we are going to be facing greater opposition all the time for all kinds of things because we are Christians. Some of it because of our morality and all kinds of things, but we're going to be facing huge challenges in the day to come. And so you need to be praying for people, praying for God to move, praying for God to work, because everyone, we all need to know how to wisdom, how to what steps we need to do, and how to lead the way that God wants us to. So we need to be praying for people to know Jesus. We need to be praying for people that are, are serving and people that are being persecuted and our leadership in our church. And lastly, Paul talks about this aspect of, of, of when Paul says there, be reminded that God is faithful. As you spend time with God and, and in prayer, be reminded to worship Him. Worship Him. God is faithful. That's worship. Acknowledging His power, His presence, and His ability to do what only God can do. Spend time in worship, and out of the worship, that is when your needs can be presented to Him. God wants to move in our midst in a powerful way in these days, but He will only do it when we pray and seek Him. And when worship, we worship Him and exalt Him. I want to close by reading Psalm 121 and I want you to to close your eyes and I want you to think about the the image that, that appears here as I read that Psalm. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you and forevermore. Oftentimes we need help in in encouraging each other, in lifting up our heads to see God, that God really cares about us, that God really cares about our world, and that we care about our world and the people that are around us. And as we seek God, as we seek His glory and His presence, as we honor Him with all that He is, We desire nothing better or nothing less than for Him to move in our midst and to demonstrate His power and His work in our hearts and the lives of others because the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is incredibly powerful to bring transformation into the hearts of people. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that in the depths of our soul? Then we need to be living that out. And trusting that God will do something. That we get a chance to see life transformed. People set free from sin. People set free from from all kinds of bondages and demonic oppressions. And voices and, and shame and guilt. And things that have riddled their lives for decades. God has the power to do that. And will we believe him for that? Let's pray together. God, I pray today that you will continue to lead us and guide us, that you would work in our midst, that you would work in our hearts, that you would call us to walk in step with you. God, may you move in us. May you work in us. May you allow us to lift up our eyes to the mountains to see that you are our help in all circumstances, in all trials, in all ways. God, we want to honor you. We, wanna, we want to uh, focus our attention upon you and see you work in ways that only you can do. God, we, we commit ourselves to you this morning. May we pray for others that the good news of Jesus would be seen and sensed and felt and, and that the power of the good news would literally bring transformation, not just to us that are sitting here or not maybe to just one aspect of our life, but the power of the gospel would be made, would transform us continually day by day, and bring the kind of transformation that we have seen, that I've shared about today, that we've seen even in the Thessalonians and the Corinthians and the Bereans and so many others. God, bring that transformation. Help us to look to you. Help us to encourage each other in that. God, we want to honor you. We want to see you move and work in our church. Oh God, move, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.